This is an exciting campaign that we are starting. We're going to be talking about it a little here this morning. Um, I want to start, though, by taking a look at something Jesus taught at the very end of his life. It's a very well-known passage. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. Let's take a look at it together. It says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. You've probably heard of it before. It's basically when Jesus took his disciples and said, now go make followers like you're a follower, right? That's basically what it's doing. Go out and continue to tell people about me. It is from that message that Rancho has its mission statement. What's our mission statement? Anyone know our mission statement? Okay, okay, couple, let's put it up here. Okay, here we go. We are thousands of friends advancing the cause of Christ. Everyone together, we are... Okay, that's our mission statement. It comes out of Jesus' heart to say, go and make disciples. We talk about this all the time. We bring it up in almost every single message that we do. We focus on it and we think about it, about what we want to do, what do we want to be a part of as we want to fulfill this mission. That was our heart behind starting the community mission of hope that is helping people all around the valley when they're in need. That's what we are thinking about when the farm project started, where we are doing about 80,000 pounds of vegetables a year that's going to those families that are in need. That's what we thought about when we started our Palawano in the Philippine project to try to eliminate or at least really lower the 50% infant mortality rate, or at least kids up in the five in that area, in that region of the world. Infants dying by the time of five, 50%. That's what we were thinking about when we started the Imani Christian School in Kenya, where we wanted to help these kids that had nothing to begin to be, have education, hear about the love of God, and change their lives. That's why we're partnering with the other program, uh, uh, ministries that you see throughout this campaign and this, this brochure here, that we're partnering with other ones, locally and internationally. We're called to advance the cause of Christ. And this is what we're going to look at over the next few weeks, how we, through this campaign, can come together as a church and do that. What an exciting thing to be part of, not just about this community, but around the world. And what I want to do here this morning as we kind of launch this three weeks teaching series, I want us to not consider Jesus' last uh, kind of message that we just looked at. But I want to go back more towards one of his first ones. Because there he kind of began this launch, this understanding of what is his cause. What did he begin to say? What, what was laying the foundation that we now are building upon? And how might his words impact our lives and our lives together as a church today? If you remember, Jesus went through the 40 days of temptation. Uh, Scott talked about that quite a few weeks ago when we were in the Life series. He comes back to Galilee, and when he comes back to Galilee, he enters into the synagogue. And as he enters into the synagogue, he gets handed this scroll. The book of Isaiah was handed to him on a scroll. And as he opens up that scroll, you see in Luke 
chapter 4, that he begins begins to read, and this is what he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after he says that, the Bible says that he rolls that scroll back up. He hands it to the attendant that gave it to him. And then look what it says. It says that all the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. As he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I mean, that is an incredibly significant statement that he read. To read from the book of Isaiah and then to say, what I just read is being fulfilled right now. You see, the the prophet Isaiah was about God saving the world. I mean, Isaiah actually means Jehovah saves. God saves. Throughout the whole book, it's about God's kingdom coming that it would be established and that his rule and reign would begin and never end. That's what it's about. Going back to Isaiah chapter 9, maybe you've heard this before. For unto us a child is born. You ever hear that in December, right? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That was what the book of Isaiah is about. And towards the end of it, in chapter 61... After all these prophecies about God coming and the salvation that was to come and the promised Messiah called the root of Jesse, Emmanuel, God with us, the Savior would be revealed and his kingdom would be established and the Lord's favor would come to the earth. And that's what Jesus was claimed was happening at his coming. Good news for the poor, freedom for the oppressed and the prisoners, sight for the blind. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is near. The Lord's favor has come. Now, to those that are listening to Jesus, their thought would be the Lord's favor has come to Israel at last. Salvation is coming to us. But there is something important that Jesus left out that you find in Isaiah 61. And I think it was left out purposely. And I think Jesus left it out for a point. And what we will see is that point is made. And they do understand it. But look at Isaiah 61. So here's what it says. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. The day of the Lord's favor 
and the day of vengeance of our God. And Jesus left out the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus says, and the day of the Lord is here and then of the Lord's favor. And then he drops the mic and he sits down. And for most, especially the religious leaders that are in that synagogue, the time that they were waiting for with this Savior is that he would come and he would wipe out or have bring his vengeance upon their enemies and set them free. That was the king that was to come. But Jesus had another plan in mind. And after Jesus spoke these words... The crowd initially was amazed at what he said. It says that they were amazed at his gracious words. But like Jesus usually does, he doesn't stop talking. And he's got some other things to say. And he wants to make sure that his cause, his purpose, and his plan is understood. And I think it is understood And they're not going to accept it. They're actually going to ultimately reject him because of it. But look at what he says in verse 25. So as he goes on, he says this, Assuredly, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut up for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Now listen to what he says. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, to Israel, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon outside of Israel. That's where he sent and he took care of that person that was struggling from the famine. Look what he goes on to say. He says, and there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah, Elisha, and the prophet, uh, the, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian, one outside of the people of Israel. <laughs> this is awesome because they heard loud and clear what he was saying. Because within just a matter of a moment, their tone that they had with him, being in awe of his gracious words, radically changes because they go from being amazed at his gracious words of salvation to wanting to kill him seriously they wanted to kill him I was going to read it Luke 4 28 and all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this and they got up They drove him out of the town. They took him to the brow of a hill which the town was built and ordered to throw him off the cliff. I mean, talk about a shift. They heard the reality of what Jesus was saying. What was happening here? What did Jesus say that got them so riled up? Well, he was messing up their plan of salvation that they thought was for their own people, for their nation. Certainly not for outsiders, and especially not for their enemies. See, here's the point, is that Jesus was not coming to establish his kingdom by wiping out their enemies, but by saving them. He was coming to save them. 
the year of the Lord's favor that was being established through Christ was not just for them. It was for everyone. You see, Jesus wasn't planning to separate even more by these religious things, but to unify under his rule and reign. To unify all. His kingdom would be established through the power of love, not by the power of violence and vengeance. That's what it's kind of like been like for them for many, many years, right? It's all about violence and vengeance, taking over, getting a lamb, right, right, right. And Jesus comes and has a different plan. The Lord's favor would be available to all. And that was going to be the establishment of his kingdom and the continuing of his kingdom that would never end. And that message seemed to be a struggle for them. Seemed to be a struggle for them. And to be honest, I think it's a struggle for us too often. I think it's a struggle for us too. I mean, our money says in God we trust, right? I mean, we're God's country, right? And it's hard sometimes to look outside of that. But here's something I think we need to get. As followers of Jesus, we are to see the whole world around us, not as our enemies, but as those to whom the Lord's favor is available. That's what Jesus is wanting to bring. That's how he's wanting us to see the world around us. When Jesus came to, what, what Jesus came to do and establish, he is now left in our hands. He has now given it to us, his church. We are his body. We are his presence here and now to continue advancing his cause, to continue to advancing his kingdom to all nations and all people. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I, just a little side note, we're not a part of God's kingdom because we're Americans. We're a part of God's kingdom because we're Christians. And it goes far outside our borders. And the Jewish nation struggled with that because they thought it was a little bit more about them than it should have been. And that's what we see throughout the book of Isaiah. That's the vision of Isaiah, that God will redeem and save the world. And then Jesus shows that this is going to happen through his kingdom being established through him, ultimately his death and resurrection, that he is the king of kings, that he is this, this Messiah, that he is the savior, that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that he's going to establish his kingdom and then he's going to advance it through us, his people, his church, his body here on this earth. And Jesus didn't want them to see that as some future hope but a current reality. When Jesus said, this is happening in your midst now, he wanted them to see that kingdom establishing now. And here we are now, 2,000 years later. How much more should this be the focus of our everyday lives and the cause that we live into as a church, as his people, as the body of Christ here on this earth? The peace that he brought us, we are called to bring. The love that he showed us, we are called to show. And not just here, 
but everywhere. Everywhere. And, I, you know, I've had an opportunity to kind of go to other parts of the world and do some uh, just ministry at different places throughout my last 20 years. And every time I go, I'll have someone that will tell me like, well, what about America? We need, to, we need to work here. Why are you going there? We need to work here. And I get that. But we have all the resources we need. We're just not really that good with them. We got everything we need. I've been to places in the world where if you want to go to church and hear about Jesus, there is no church. And we're talking about, when we look around the world, that there are needs and stuff, and it's not just about here first. Maybe in a political way, okay, if you want to be political that way, that's fine, but not in the God's kingdom way. It's not me first. It's the world's first. God's kingdom that's around the world's first. Good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, and oppression, sight to the blind. And I think sight to the blind means helping people that don't see the love of God through Christ see the love of God through Christ. The blind are people, I believe, that just still maybe have these, this fear of God, and they see their gods as just like very, very angry and ticked at them all the time. And we get to go through the way that we live life to show them the love of God, that God through Christ loves us. And that's the sight we want to give to those that are blind. And I do also want to point out, man, grab one of these brochures. We are doing more than you can imagine, almost more than any church I've ever been a part of here in this community, as well as around the world. We're not just going over there. I mean, you look at this. We're talking about local families fed, 150,000 pounds of produce. We're talking about at-risk homeless house, local veterans house, at-risk mother's house, homeless reunited with their family, teen mothers supported, and foster, cares, uh, foster children cared for. Then we go on to children's lives saved in Palawana, Philippines, orphans educated in Kenya, and children fed in Ethiopia. So we really have a heart for here and there. That's what this Count Me In campaign is all about. Understanding that God's kingdom has come and that through, his, that through us, his will will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. I heard a prayer like that somewhere before. You ever heard that prayer? Matter of fact, Jesus was asked how to pray and he said, pray this way, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you think you're asking God to do something like come, 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 I think Jesus said, no, no, no. I came, came, came. I'm in you, you, you. Now you do, do, do. And you go love now as I loved you. You go care as I've cared. You go bring hope to the homeless, freedom to the prisoner and to the oppressed. You go and give sight to the blind. You go love because when you love, people see me because you are my body, you are my presence here on this earth. What a beautiful vision. What a beautiful vision. And that's only gonna happen when we begin to see this world and all the people of this world through the grace, mercy, and love, our, uh, uh, the love of God. I think this is what our vision should be. I think our vision should be that everyone is loved. That should be our vision. Everyone is loved. If you go out there and you see our 50-year anniversary signs out there, underneath it, it says, loving everywhere, everyone, everywhere. That's what our vision should be. Everyone should get the opportunity to see the love of God through Christ, to experience the love of God through Christ. And the bottom line is they're only going to do that if we reach out and we love and we feed and we care and we set free and we go make a difference 
Not if we have a we have God's favor and they deserve his vengeance kind of feeling. I understand maybe you have a list of people that you really go, "Ah, I think that guy should get God's vengeance. I'm sure hoping so. Might just be someone in your own room or house. Could be your neighbor. Could be another nation. I don't think that's the vision God wants us to have. That was the vision they had. And for many, many, many years they have had that. And the church has had that. But I think now it's time to move past that. And to realize that the day of the Lord's favor is at hand. It's now and it's for everybody. I think that's what Jesus was talking about when they turned on him and they wanted to kill him. Because they wanted salvation for them, not their enemies. And don't get me wrong. I need you to hear this. Man, there is wickedness out there that needs to be stopped. I get it. And there is abuse and violence and slavery and oppression. There is power over others that puts people in very ugly circumstances. And there are people and nations that, do not, that, um, that are not about love and peace, but power, greed, and violence. And apply that wherever you feel you need to. But we've been trying a lot of years to just combat violence with violence and greed with greed. And the church has done a great job at that, killing the witches and killing the heretics and the crusades. We don't have the greatest history. It's about the love of God that his kingdom was established by, and it's going to be through the love of God that it's going to continue, and it's going to grow. And it is all over the world, and it's going to continue to grow because there's a vision in Isaiah about what God's kingdom can look like. Okay, I want to say that differently. It's not about what God's kingdom can look like. I think it's about what God's kingdom does look like, and it's going to look like more and more as we continue to advance the cause of Christ. It's found in Isaiah chapter 11. I couldn't wait to get here. Love this. You ready? The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child would put his hands into the viper's nest. And they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, and the nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. I don't think this is about animals. This is a metaphor. And it's a metaphor about people and nations that at one time would kill each other, but now find peace together. And that's happening all over the place. It might have happened in your, in your own home, your own family, your own community. It's happening. Finding peace together. And I don't think that this is some future prophecy that is to come, but something that we should see, identify, and continue to work towards. You see the root of Jesse that it said will come? He came. The Savior has come. The idea is this, is that Jesus is the banner for all people and nations to see the love of God bringing sight to the blind. That God is not here for vengeance but love. He wants us to see and know him and he wants that love to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And there are believers and the spirit of God everywhere in them. 
So Jesus is the banner for all peoples and nations to see the love of God. He is the one that puts them on display. And that banner is waving in and through us as we continue to advance his cause by loving others. That is the vision of Jesus. That's what we as a church want to be about. That's what this count me in is about. It's not about this campus or buildings or more pastors. It's not about that. It's about taking the love of God to everyone everywhere and coming together and being a part of that so that we're saying count me in on being part of this banner and love to the world. This banner of love where Jesus is seen because we are reaching out and we are loving and we are caring. It's about count me in to building relationships so that everyone is loved and has the opportunity to see the love of God through Christ. It's about count me in so that God's kingdom that brings good news to the poor, freedom to the prisoners and oppressed, sight to the blind might advance so that the whole world would be full of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. So I want to challenge you. Grab a brochure. Read it over. Think about what Jesus came to establish and how he wants to keep moving it forward. And I hope that you'll say, count me in. We want to be part of this too. And we together can reach millions. And the kingdom of God that was established through Christ that will reign forever will continue to grow and move forward through us, his people. How exciting is that? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus just making it so clear and you made it so clear that they wanted to kill you. Help us as we might struggle sometimes with wanting you to do things in our lives or in our communities or in our country first. And we think that maybe we have, you know, we've earned some special thing from you. It's not true. We have received as believers your grace and mercy. We get to live as kingdom thinkers. We get to live understanding your life and your love and your salvation and your hope that is here and forever. And we get to be part of bringing that, being your hands and your feet, being your representation, being your body here on this earth through the power of your spirit that dwells in us. You are here. You are with us. You are working through us. May we see that vision. May it change how we approach things in our homes and in our neighborhoods and in our, our workplaces, in our schools and on our teams and around this world. May we see not us and them, but us. May we see your favor, the Lord's favor that was put on display through Christ as being available to all men, all women, all places, everywhere. All nations, all tongues, all tribes. And that we get to be a part of continuing that cause moving forward and growing. So may your kingdom come, Lord. May your will be done in and through our lives as you empower us to live out this reality that you began 2,000 years ago and are continuing moving in and through your kingdom established and moving forward, a kingdom that will never end. For your glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen.